Hello, everybody. Hello. I am Salty. And I'm Spice. And we're here to talk to you today on podcast number three for the Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You Project. Or, as is also known, the 3BY Project. And today we're here to talk about clocks. Clocks. The uh, somewhat ugly, boring, very controversial when they first came out. Firearm of choice of the Salty and Spice household, at least when it comes to our main bang-bang handguns. I like my Glocks. She likes her Glock. When I first, uh, I was the first Glock person. I got a uh, Gen 3 Glock 17. Now, I, I have to admit that I am a, I'm a gun nut. And I've never really uh, been too much before the last five or six years on, on Glocks. I just, I've always been a wheel gun man. I always liked the the uh, rotation of the wheel of a revolver. It's just, to me, the one thing that you have to have in a personal defense gun is it must go bang every single time. And there's nothing more reliable than a good quality revolver. Because it just isn't. Firepower-wise, they're not up there with a good quality semi-automatic gun. But, uh, so I've always been a wheel gun person. But then I, saw, I was at the gun shop. And I, I admit, I sometimes have been known to make an impulse buy at a gun shop. She's rolling her eyes at me. I'm not going to interrupt him to say it's not so. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So anyway, he had, they had this uh, Glock 17 there. And it was a really pretty color of vermilion dark pink. Now, I like pink. I am a pink guy. I know a lot of guys are not pink guy, but but hot pink is my color. I love that color. And uh, this gun, it was a very, very pretty color of pink. It's a dark pink. And I was just like, it will be mine. Oh, yes, <laughs> it will be mine. So I went ahead, and, and they actually had it marked down a little bit. It was a special order that was done from, um, oh, I don't remember the name of the company that does it, but they, they do... Uh, basically paint jobs on Glocks. It's a Duracoat type thing. Well, the gun is just a gorgeous gun, but it was special order and the person didn't pick it up. They didn't or they didn't like it or something. So the gun shop was just blowing it out to get, get it out. Brand new gun, never been fired. So I bought it and of course, you know, what, what do you do when you buy a gun? You take it out the range to make sure it works. And it just fit my hand really well. It's kind of blocky, but you know, I'm kind of blocky, so... <laughs> and I, I liked the way the trigger worked. I liked the fit of the, the hand. I liked uh, everything about it. So, yeah, I, I I got to where I put a lot of rounds through the gun, and I got to where I trusted the gun. So, as usually happens, we decided, by which I mean I decided, and she agreed with my logic that if I was going to start using a Glock as my carry gun, it would make sense for her to also use a Glock. So we went back to the gun shop to see what she thought. And I wasn't going to sell her. If she doesn't like it, I was, I'm was. i not going to sell her on something just because it's convenient. 
Um, don't make a choice for that kind of gun you don't like to fire. Yeah. Because so. you won't fire it enough. You won't go to the range and shoot it. And that is the worst recommendation for a gun you might need to use in a time of emergency. So I went there and I, I had they had one. It was in forest green, which usually I just buy black. It was just black is generic. It's it's unobtrusive. But this they had one in forest green. It's the only one they had. It was a Gen three, and she tried it out and found that it fit her hand perfectly. So that's what she uses a Glock twenty or Glock nineteen. And subsequently, I bought myself a, a a more reasonable carry Glock. It's a Gen 4, but it's in black, a black 17. Because the pink one really, it draws attention. And that's not always what you want to do. So that's for my, for my non-concealed or open carry gun that I carry out of the place. When, you know, because there's skunks and there's coyotes and stuff. So, you know, you want to... You want to have a little protection, and also, you know, it's rural Missouri, so there could be meth heads. I won't shoot them, but I want some protection in case they get violent with me. I stay there alone at night in a cabin that doesn't lock up terribly well. At the moment. In a isolated area. So we, it's, By the way, we are going to fix the doesn't lock up very well. We're going to put... Uh, bars on it. It will be secure by the time we're done with it. But basically right now our cabin is just at least like a tent with metal sides. There's nothing in it. Right now the defense is there's no point in breaking into it. But we're going to fix that before we start putting things into it that would be worth taking right. away. So anyway, so she, she, so she carries her 26 out there. Um... And it's also her favorite range gun. It's just her favorite gun. She loves shooting the gun. I do. Um, so why don't you... Oh, one other thing. Just so the, I did go ahead and purchase a 26. I said 26. She loves her 19. I, I did purchase a 26. We have a 26 that we can use for concealed carry. I find it a bit big for concealed carry. But uh, it does. It shoots great. It's just slightly shorter than what a... Um, a 19 is, and uh, the obviously with a smaller uh, handguard or a hand pistol, a grip, it carries fewer rounds. It's 10 round instead of a 15 round. But you can use Glock 17 and Glock 19 magazines in the 26. So uh, it's all good as far as that goes. Why don't, you, why don't you talk about your 19 and, and what you think of it and all the details. It fits my hand well, and it's rare that there's a gun that two different models fit his hand well and my hand well at once. Uh, so it fits my hand well. I like the sights. I like the sight picture of the thing. I like the fact that it's easy to tear down and clean because I like to shoot them and I like to keep them clean. But I don't like fiddling with a billion parts. Then we've got some guns. You take them apart, and a spring is likely to spring over into next week somewhere. You buy the gun. You buy three spare springs with it because some are likely to go on holiday. That's not my favorite. Simple teardown. Nice to clean up. Shoots every dang thing I put on it. I uh, wear it on open carry. I'm not going to conceal carry a Glock. I am not a large woman, and 
there is no Glock that conceals well on my person. If it's in my bag, then I could put this one in my bag and it'd be fine. If it's on my person, no Glock's going to hide anyway, so there's... I'd go with a small, different solution entirely for that. When she mentions the sights, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up. Uh, the stock sights are fine. I, I like them fine. There's nothing. I don't have any problem with the stock sights. Having said that, I've replaced the sights on all of our guns, except for the pink one, which I just keep for playing around, um, with um, Trijicon tritium sights, night sights. Just because I think if you're going to have a gun that you're going to be maybe having to pull out of your uh, holster at night, it should have night sights on it. Whether you choose to put a light on it or a laser or anything else, the night sights should at least, a pistol should have night sights if you're going to keep it for home defense. Mine does, and it works at night. Yeah, they glow. I have heard some odd noises at night and ended, ended up... I would feel silly if I started walking around my house after hearing strange noises and found it was a burglar and I hadn't brought my sidearm with me. That would be on on the level of stupid. Uh, I keep mine within reach because we have no children in the house. We have nobody other than Salty and I who might get into trouble by stumbling across a loaded weapon. So mine is within reach. As is mine. At night. So when I hear a strange noise and I go wandering around, that's what I'm carrying. So I've tried it to make sure I can find my sight picture and know where the heck the bullet would be going if I tried to fire it. And I've been very pleased with it. And the weakness of my shooting game is definitely my eyesight. So if I've got a good sight picture, most other people will too. One of the things I think that she mentioned earlier that I think everybody should everybody should really take to heart is if you own a firearm and you're going to depend on a firearm, you have to practice with the firearm. You can't just... Owning a gun will not keep you safe. Being proficient with the gun that you own will help keep you safe. And I think it's safe to say you put thousands of rounds through Mr. Glock. I have. Yeah. Um, i got to ask you, talk about ammo. Um, what about if you were to... Like, take, get a box of rot-gut Russian steel case ammo. What would it do? Eats it for breakfast. It eats it. All right. How about if you were to get, uh, like, white box American ammo? What will it do? Eats it for lunch. All right. What about uh, the one that a lot of guns kind of have trouble with, and it kind of makes it difficult to choose them for self-defense? Self-defense hollow point um, personal protection rounds. How does it do with those? Eats it for dinner. So, what you're saying is it eats everything. Eats everything. Dessert, afternoon snack, every dang thing I've put in it. What about if every time you pull the trigger. What about if you're 300 rounds into shooting that dirty Russian ammo? What does it do? Does it jam? Eats it. Eats it. Huh. How about that? Shoots it, spits out the shell, ready for the next. Thank you. This is kind of an aside because we're not going to do a podcast on this particular gun. But I own a, uh, a, a World War II... Um, Waffen marked Walther P38, which will shoot every single round nose, <laughs> full metal jacket bullet, known to man, unless it was made in Russia. Then it will not shoot it. And I think that's simply because the German gun 
was such an enemy of Russia, of the Soviet Union, that it just will have nothing to do with Russian ammo. I think that's what it is. It might be the Russian ammo is intentionally sabotaging the German gut. Might be that, too. Or it may be that just Russians use primers that take a harder primer strike than the German gun. No, but it doesn't just do that. It jams on it. It, it, it won't feed it. It just, But it'll shoot anything else just fine. As long as it's a full metal jacket. That Walther will not shoot hollow points either. Again, I, this is just a... It's an old collectible. There's no point in, in uh, talking about it for a yeah. survival firearm. They're expensive. They're not particularly reliable. And speaking of six million parts in the teardown. And speaking of six million parts, actually the Walther is not nearly as bad as the standard Luger. But that's not saying much. No. The Germans, in their guns, they do like to have lots of fiddly bits. A piece for every part of the job, and every part of that complex job has its very own piece. With not the, in the Glock. With the Glock, you make sure the gun is unloaded, because you have to dry fire it to disassemble it. You make sure the gun is unloaded. You check it three times. And... Then you dry fire the gun. You pull, there's two little two little buttons on the gun that you pull down. And you just take the slide off. The slide, the barrel, and the spring just come right out, and you're field stripped. It takes all of two seconds to do. And uh, very easy to clean. The, uh, there, there's modifications that you can do. You can give it a trigger job, but I've always liked the triggers. I have no trouble with the triggers. I like the trigger. Yeah. Uh, but you can get get better triggers. The Glock has, uh, you have, can get different slides. You can get different barrels. On the Glock, The it's the actual polymer hand grip that is the numerated part, not the slide. So you could change out slides or put the hand guard into a carbine slide unit and that doesn't make it a short barrel rifle. It's the actual, uh, the actual law controlled part is the plastic polymer uh, shooting area. So all of the parts that where the combustion chamber are are easily replaceable, and they're not serialized. So there's that. Uh, there's a lot of other guns out there that uh, do what the Glock does. When it, the, the Glock first came out, it was it was a unique thing. You know, it was a the quote-unquote plastic gun that was going to to uh, destroy airport security. Little did they realize how much metal was actually in one of these guns. And there's just a little bit of it. I mean, it's just the, the hand grip is polymer. Um, and it got off to a really bad reputation. But, you know, those, those gener- first-generation Glocks, still going. They're still firing. I've never tried to take my Glock through TSA. Never will. No, I but don't recommend it. I'm firmly convinced that they would notice if they, I tried. So, yeah, we, we don't recommend trying that. Uh, but over the years, there have become a lot of other polymer handguns. And they're much more common. And, frankly, they've been uh, there's been a lot of development so that a lot of these guns have a lot more features than your Glock does. I mean, the Glock Gen 4s with the... You've got some. You got the, the back straps you can change out, and there's there's various different little tweaks they've done to them for good and bad. Some some I like, some I don't. But you compare that to some of the fancy models of Smiths and Sigs, 
they have a lot more goodies. I tend to call bells and whistles failure points. That's right. Now, we will admit we are technical divers, technical scuba divers. And one of the things that you're going to want to avoid, that you want to avoid in scuba diving, if you are a technical diver where you're going to be diving in an overhead environment or an environment where you cannot come to the surface immediately, for example, you have to do decompression, you want to eliminate as many failure points as you can, which means simplify, 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 simplify. All the gadgets, all the stuff that can break eventually will. One of of my favorite quotes from Albert Einstein, in fact, make everything as simple as possible, but not simpler. That's what my Glock is. Yes, it is actually a very, very simple gun. So, yeah, we're we're big fans, if you can't tell. Uh, I'm going to be posting some, some... written reviews with some more stuff like you know how much they weigh the trigger trigger pulls of our glocks and and all this kind of stuff i'm going to be posting those on the site so uh, stay tuned with that the first one i'm going to have coming up will be the uh glock 26 because i've already got it done oh yes accuracy is beautiful yeah talk about accuracy i'm more accurate with that than i am with any other handgun i've tried to shoot and that is a long list by now I, think, I wouldn't want to be standing in front of me when I'm no, got a I wouldn't want to be standing. Hand. I wouldn't want to be standing in front of her out to 100 yards because I just wouldn't. Although she is a, she is a darn good shot. Um, her limiting factor, as she says, is just like mine, my eyesight, her eyesight. But with a, with a Glock, a short sight picture, and it's not that far from her, if she can see you, she could probably put a bullet in your close enough in your direction that you wouldn't want to be standing there. Uh, we, part of our deal, you know, you, you hear us talking about 17s, 19s, 26s. Yeah, we realize there are other there are other sizes of Glocks that are great. The uh, 40 Smith & Wesson Glocks, they're great. Uh, Glock makes 45s. They make 357 SIGs. Um, they make all kinds of 10 millimeter, and they're all great guns. Every one of them. They're all, but they're all they're all based off the the NATO 9 millimeter design, and are taking it from there. And yes, 40 will hit harder than a 9 millimeter. But we we are all our guns are 9 millimeter because we believe in limiting the amount of types of ammo that we have to buy, so that we can instead of buying. Three boxes for three different types of three different guns. We can buy three boxes that fit one gun, and so we keep our. Uh, I've got an article there on the on the site about you know why we why we limit our ammo types to say nine millimeter. All of our all of our, and I mean every one of our semi-automatic handguns are either nine millimeter or they're 22 long rifle. That's it. We don't. We just don't have any others at all. So that's done on a purpose. So we're talking about uh, the nine millimeter Glocks, but what we're saying pretty much goes for the other sizes as well. Another thing I really like about it is, let's say she and I are both open carrying. Uh, we can each carry interchangeable magazines. She'll have a, a 15 round magazine in her Glock 19. I'll have my 17 round magazine, which is the smallest that will that will fit if you don't get one of those ridiculous 10-rounders um, that 
just take the same amount of size, which I don't advise unless you live in California, then you must have those and don't break the law. But so we'll carry 17 so that if we have to share, I'll be able to share with her. She'll be able to share with me because her 19 shoots a 17 just fine. It shoots a 33 just fine. So when we're putting spares in storage, we don't have to have 16 different kinds of magazines and 25 different kinds of ammunition. Right. The only the only uh, Glock uh, 19, 15 round mags that we have are the ones that came with our gun. Everything else we have is 17s or 20 or 33s. We have th- several 33s because I just think they're fun. <laughs> <laughs> take take the little Glock 26 and put a 33 round magazine. It just looks absolutely stupid. I know it looks got- like it's got delusions of grandeur actually, but it'll shoot through the whole lot and ask for more. So. Um, and uh, reliability-wise, I mean, come on. You got people talk about the reliability of a polymer gun. Anybody who doubts the reliability of a Glock, I highly advise you to look up on YouTube Iraq Vet. I forget his exact number. But you know, just look up Iraq Vet and, and uh, look up the word meltdown. <laughs> what you have to do to make it not work. Yes. Now, I will admit, one of the things I don't like about Glocks, and I'm going to change out on ours, is they do come with the the, the rod inside the spring is polymer, and I'm going to replace that with a metal one. I just haven't got around to it, because they are very reliable. But it, it, during the meltdown, it shows you that, that that part will fail if you shoot them on fully automatic for many, many, many rounds in a <laughs> row. But that's a hilarious, hilarious video. And uh, I highly recommend it. I also highly recommend his videos on... Uh, oops, we're hitting rumble strips. We're in the car, by the way, in case you didn't notice this. Uh, I highly recommend his videos on the uh, the uh, AK Meltdown second attempt. What they do... I mean, to watch the gun literally shooting out rounds in fully automatic mode as it's on fire is hilarious. <laughs> highly recommend it. So, yeah, we're actually we're, we're driving. We're getting to our destination. So I think we're going to wrap this up. You got any closing thoughts? Does everything I need it to do? Does it simply? Does it reliably? I'm there. As these types of guns go, it is relatively inexpensive. It's not the cheapest gun out there. I'm going to do a podcast in the future about my my and then my other favorite polymer gun, the the Canic, uh TP9SA, I believe it's TP9SA. The number, it's the Canic 9mm, uh, which I love. It's a turkey gun. It's made in Turkey, and it's it's very inexpensive. Love the gun. She loves it, too. Yes. Um, but it's a much cheaper gun, and I love it as well. But if, if I were going to pick a semi-automatic pistol for my life to depend on to get a few rounds off, I would pick my Glock 17. She would pick her Glock 19. That's just that's what we do. If I were absolutely had to six shots to save my life, that's not the gun I would take. But I would take a Smith & Wesson Model 10 revolver because they just don't ever jam. And they always go bang. But if I'm carrying a semi-automatic pistol, it's a Glock. I'd still take my Glock She'd because familiarity her- is worth a lot. 
All right, so there we are. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be coming right back to you pretty soon with another podcast here on the, the big show. That's the big show. And uh, so thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.